of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the Senior Pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you are about to hear will no doubt shapen your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, let your spirit come down. Let your spirit minister to your people this morning. Father, let their heart connect back to you. Let the hearts of children connect back to their fathers. Let those of their fathers turn back to their children. Let their lives change for good, both fathers and children. And let all the glory return to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy Father's Day. To all our fathers out there, we want to thank God specially for your lives. We want you to know that you are indeed special. I speak for a lot of people and I'm not mincing words. I know many who would like to be able to articulate themselves in letting you know how wonderful you are to them. I speak on their behalf and I say thank you very much and I say well done sir. The truth is this fathers, you are to be celebrated and that's why on a day like this, Father's Day, we celebrate you. We really thank God for your life. God, we honor your effort with divine success in Jesus' name. Even as it concerns us and it concerns your desire in the name of Jesus. I got into the internet and I look at people expressing themselves to their fathers on Father's Day. So I want to take that to express the love and the gratitude of most of us children to you fathers out there. Hear this. It says, Dad, you have given me the best things in life. Your time, your care, your love. I'm truly grateful to have you in my life. Happy Father's Day. Many are saying this set of words to you today. I believe by the Spirit of God, I'm able to convey their hearts to your hearts and to let you know that you are as valuable as God has made you to be in Jesus' name. Some are saying, Thanks for acting like a kid when I was a kid. Acting like a friend when I needed a friend. And acting like a parent when I needed one. You are the best man I know. Happy Father's Day. Yes, somebody else wrote. He said, Dad, although time and distance may separate us, your guidance, advice, and love has talked with me through it all. I would not be who I am today without you. Enjoy this your special day. Fathers, we appreciate you. We love you. Yet somebody has wrote, The older I get, the more I realize how important it is to have a dad like you. You see, every father is tailor-made. You are special. You are made to tailor for the destinies of your children. And we are not unmindful of that. You have provided stability in my life and the love and acceptance I needed. Happy Father's Day. One still wrote, it says, Happy Father's Day to my hero and role model. Thank you for everything you have done for our family. We love you with all our hearts. These are children's hearts to their fathers. I stand right now representing them and I want you to receive this. We love you. If you've never heard it directly from your child, 
I stand here today representing your child and I'm saying thank you Father. Even if the world does not recognize what you've done, I as a child do recognize it. I believe that the Holy Spirit will convey their hearts to you in the name of Jesus. Still on Father's Day, hear what wives are saying to husbands on Father's Day. Again, not every woman can be this articulate, but then they mean much more than some of the words here. On behalf of the woman, to you fathers, hear this. Life has given us a wonderful family, a happy home, a love for each other. Most importantly, it has given us each other. I am also grateful to have you as my husband. Happy Father's Day. Another woman wrote, You are so full of compassion, love and strength. When we need a strong hand of support in our family, you are always there. I love you for being who you are and for all that you do. Happy Father's Day to a wonderful husband and father. Yet another woman wrote, One day is not enough to honor how special of a father you truly are because you are amazing every day of the year. Thank you for all that you do. I love you. Come on, women, am I representing you well? So fathers, please, the hearts of your wives, the hearts of your children are all turned towards you today. Just to let you know that indeed you are God's special gift to them. And I join them and the entire Fountain of Life Church join them to say Happy Father's Day. We hope you enjoy today and we hope for the rest of your life you will never forget that we love you. We appreciate you. If you will observe properly, you will discover that most of what we have read from the hearts of our children and from the hearts of our wives can be summarized in two words. Appreciation and encouragement. You see, for our children and for everyone that considers someone else as a father, for our wives. You see, fathers, like any other human being, even when they seem so hard, we respond to appreciation and encouragement. You see why? Because fathers too do have their fears. You say, really? Yeah. I was discussing one of the brothers in church and I was saying to him that, isn't it amazing that your children, for most of their years, will look at you as totally invincible. As a matter of fact, they think you can do anything and everything. But as they began to grow older, they began to realize that my father, like any other human being, has limitations. And so you see, our fathers too have their fears. And the least we can do is to encourage them. The least we can do is to appreciate them. And that's why on a day like this, I'm glad that we are all sending our cards, hugging, calling, sending our texts, just to let fathers know that they are special. And truly, fathers, you are special. Talking about the fears of fathers, let me let you into a bit of it. One, 
for most fathers. The truth is this. They have the fear of becoming lonely as they age. They have the fear, of course, of being forgotten as they age. You say, really? Oh, yeah. It takes no time for the nest to be empty. And it takes no time to find yourself in such a place where all the people that you thought you were overtly concerned about and cared about, yes, you still have some concerns as it were, but they are now adults and parents themselves and they are really establishing themselves and they are so also busy. And of course, you are happy that this is happening. You are rejoicing in the spirit that is happening, but in the physical, they may not even remember to say hello in a week, in a month, in some cases in six months. So you begin to wonder, is this what life is all about? Well, yes, and much more. Praise the Lord. So fathers really have their fears. For most of them, they fear the very, very old age. When their strengths are waning. When they are retired and they can't work again. And when even walking begins to become a problem. You know? And remember, coupled with the fact that the home is empty. As a matter of fact, the day you visit them, you visit and you want, to, you want to quickly get back to your base. <laughs> you are more comfortable in your own home. Praise the Lord. So all these come together. I remember many years ago, my dad of blessed memory, he would say certain things and I would wonder, why is he talking this way? And he say things like, man, if there's a prayer, I pray never to be a liability to any child. And I just wonder, why is he talking like this? And honest, by the time my dad was living, he just left. He really didn't have time to become any liability to anybody. Amazing. But I'm saying that to say, you can imagine what he was thinking at the times he was saying that. And I was just thinking, what was wrong with this man? At the same time, I remember his very closest friend at the time. My daddy's friend we always say things like, I'm afraid of old age. I'm afraid of old age. So, you know what I'm saying is this, that fathers have secret fears which children don't know. And that's why you can never over-encourage them. You can never over-appreciate them. The truth is that it strengthens them. It gives them the impetus to rise up again and still find meaning to life. So fathers, we love you. We appreciate you. You are never, never forgotten. So what became of my father's friend? Oh my goodness, the last time I saw him. Oh my goodness, he was so sick. He couldn't get out of bed again. In fact, they had to push him to use the loo. They had to wheel him anywhere. When I got into where he was lying down, he remembered. He tried to get up, he couldn't. I greeted him. Oh, he looked at me and oh, you could see the compassion from his eyes. But you could see the pain that was wrecking his body. I left. Not many months thereafter, he went home to glory. But what I'm saying is this. Fathers knows certain fears. Now, some will be saying, you're talking of good fathers. What about bad fathers? The truth is, a father is a father. Whether good or bad. I'm not endorsing bad fatherhood. But the truth is this. Memories will always come by. Even when the father was bad, you always wish that there were times that he was good. You always read that during his lifetime, he was good. But you see, talking about bad fathers, really, I realize that most troublesome fathers are troublesome because 
they were troubled children. And in most cases, troubled father. This is what I'm saying. Most troublesome fathers were either troubled children and troubled father or they are troubled father. So he's troublesome because he's troubled. He has his weaknesses. He has his struggles. He has his fears. Probably struggles that has been with him from his youth that he's still fighting, that he's not proud of, that he will not want you to see. And so the only way he communicates that is to be troublesome. You see, I'll give you an example from the Bible. He was a good man. From everything we read in the Bible, fantastic, wonderful man. Stood out in his generation. Noah. God singled him out, remember? He built the ark. And by virtue of his relationship with God, he didn't just save himself, he saved his entire family. And of course, his children's family. Come on, you talk of a good father. And then of course, started building again after the flood. And started planting, and they planted vineyard. The Bible has it that he planted vineyard, and the product of his vineyard was beautiful wine. And on a certain day, he got drunk that he lost control and he fell laid naked and the youngest of his three sons saw their father lying down naked and drunk into stupor he was amused he ran back to call the older two to say come see what I saw they were coming and said what did you see come in with me because it was all bubbling he said you need to see daddy He's so drunken, he's lying down naked. Oh, but they turned back immediately. They picked clothes and came with their back to cover the shame of their fathers. Fathers do have fears. Come on, children. The least we can do is when we are given the privilege of discovering the, the nakedness of our fathers, we should not ridicule them. We should cover their nakedness. And we should let them understand that we understand I help them try to overcome whatever devils they were fighting or they are fighting. Fathers, we love you. Now that we are adults, we have come to realize that you are not God after all. You are a man too. And you make your mistakes. But you see, the love we share is such that it's our turn to cover you. Can I appeal to children all over? Whether we are talking biological, professional, ministry there's a responsibility you have towards fathers cover the shame of your fathers did you hear me your fathers are not god if they look like god to you it's because god will like you to see him modeled in their lives and now that you are over the maturity please cover the shame of your father fathers do have weaknesses. So, fathers, we love you. The Lord will keep you, sustain you. You will finish well in Jesus' name. Now, having said that, shall we look at fatherhood in the next few minutes? What is expected of us as fathers? Fatherhood is not just a concept that man thought of and man just started 
was God's idea. I take my scripture from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 15. For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. In bracket, the Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. I'll take that again. Verse 15. I'm reading the Amplified Bible. Classic. For whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. In bracket, that father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. So in other words, we were saying that the source of fatherhood is God himself. Paul means no words at all. He made it clear here. He said he is the source. So when we say father, the ultimate is God the father. Hallelujah. Was well, Jacob that said that Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. What actually God was saying was this. Can we inaugurate familyhood on earth? In other words, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And what was he referring to? The image was God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. There was a family in heaven. And that's why in Ephesians said, the one in whom all the family on earth and in heaven is named. And following that will be the horse of angels and of course of the righteous that are now there. But it's a family in heaven. And God was saying, can we establish a family on earth? But you want to remember that at that time, there was no human being on earth. And so we were told that God created man, Adam. And the same God looked at him and said, it was no good I was alone. He didn't go back to the earth. He brought out the woman, Eve. No going back to the earth. Adam and Eve started reproducing. Glory be to God in the highest. And so we see the concept of family has always been the heart of God. Hallelujah. So having understood that, how do we now really practice fatherhood? I find one good example again in the style of God. It's a style of God. Oh yeah. In God's own methodology. He said, what do you mean? Look at Genesis 18, 19. And here God was speaking about Abraham. He said, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. In other words, what God has spoken to Abraham that he will do on earth, said he will do it. How? He said because he will command his children. So God will establish what he wants to establish on earth through Abraham, albeit through his children. God says, for I have known him. So in other words, because of God's knowledge of Abraham, God was saying that Abraham will command. One version says, for I have chosen him that he may command. And so a lot now rests on this knowing as it were. And remember, I'm just trying to look, how do we do it? How do we, how do we bear the heart of God in this matter? Even in the physical, as fathers, 
How do we do it that God may be glorified and that our children may be blessed and that we may live a terrible legacy on earth? It starts with knowledge. When the father knows his son, then the rest is simple. I just kind of did a little more research on that. I looked at the Jesus and God the Father. And so you discover that in John 10 15, Jesus speaking said, As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now listen, the Father's way was that Jesus will come and substitute for humanity, the sins of humanity, and thereby restore humanity back to grace. Did you get me? Man had lost it in the garden and God was saddled with the problem and the problem is like, I'm going to reinstitute righteousness on earth. I'm going to deal with the sins of man. And so he sent his son Jesus Christ and the only way Jesus would do it would be to lay down his life. Alright, now hear what he says in this verse. Say, because it is as the Father has known me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So it is the mutual knowledge of Father and Son that brought about <laughs> the willingness of the sacrifice of the cross. I'm talking knowledge. He said, For I have known Abraham that he may command his children. And Jesus said, Look, the Father has known me. Even so, I have come to know him. So I can lay down my life. Glory be to God in the highest. I'm sure you are wondering, what's he trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that, hey, if you don't know your son, then there's a gap. If you don't know your daughter, then there's a gap. If you truly know your son, your son will know you. It is a mutual thing. And what does that mean? It means giving time to what is priority. What is priority is not any other thing I pursue in life, like my future, like the will of God for my life, like the reason for which I was created. The truth is my assignment in life will not be socially accomplished except as I have handed over the baton. Hello, did you hear me? Baton to the children that God has committed to me. Now, get me well. Biological? spiritual, professional, God will link you with people. There are many that will never come into their destinies except as they cross paths with you in life. You are a gift to a generation. You are a gift to this world. You are special in the hand of God. And if that be the case, how do you do it? And that's what I'm saying. How do you do it? You must give attention to what is important. You must give attention to your children. First, biological. Next, any other one as you are related to them. Here in the book of Isaiah, it says, I and the children that God has given unto me were for signs and wonders in Israel. Hallelujah. Here Joshua declare, I and my household we will serve the Lord. For I know Abraham that he may command his children so that the will of the Lord may be done on earth hallelujah let me leave you with this exploiting the life of your son or sons or children 
is strictly dependent on the mutual knowledge between father and children. Did you hear me? I say it is the mutual knowledge of father and sons that results in exploits in the lives of sons. So the question is, Pastor Taiwo, can you explain more on this knowledge? I want to do that exactly. Follow me closely. I believe in the name of Jesus that after today's Father's Day, something will change for good in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. I feel the fire. Something will change for good. Where you thought that life will never be seen again, life will spring up in the name of Jesus. What you think is totally spoiled and gone, God will rescue and restore for you in the name of Jesus. Because this is what God has ordained. This is his word. So, talking about this knowledge, so how do I know my son and get him to know me or know my daughter and get her to know me this way? Because therein lies, as it were, life's exploits. Jesus says, my father knows me and so I know him so I could live down my life. God said, hey, I have known Abraham for that he will command his children so that because he will be done on earth. Hallelujah. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, watch this. Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing. Did you hear that? You're wondering why your sons seem to be careless and carefree. Here, Jesus, let me finish. The son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he, the father, does, the son also does in like manner. Does that register anything to you? Can I be frank with you? There's no amount of strategy you want to employ. The surest way to impart your children is first to give attention to your heavenly father. If you don't have adequate fellowship with him, you cannot adequately do his will on earth. And to the extent that you know your heavenly father, are you hearing me? The extent to you know your heavenly father will determine how easily it will be to know your children. Hallelujah. You see, I'm still explaining. Jesus said, what happens is this. I see my father. I just see my father. That's it. <laughs> when I see my father, I do. You're talking knowledge. I say this knowledge is based on two things. Seeing and hearing. I see my father and I do. Sir, you can be the professor of psychology. Or the professor of theology. It will not affect your children if you don't give attention to your father and to your children. And to the extent that you will affect your children is determined by how much time you give to your father. Jesus said, I can do nothing but when I see my father then I can do what he does. Sir, your leadership can never be taught. You can't teach your children but you can model life to them. Whether you believe it or not, it is not so much what you are teaching them to do like what you do before them that will shape in their lives for the future and eternity. is what I see that I replicate. 
still on this. I'm talking of knowing. You say, how does the father know? How does the father get to know the son? How does the son get to know the father? The son just sees the father doing, and he does. And father is saying, I know my son. He does what I do. He's watching me to do what I do. So look at the scripture, John 14:10. Jesus speaking still, do you not believe that I am in the father and the father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak of my own authority. But the father who dwells in me does the work. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? I don't just speak. I speak as I hear. I do not speak. I speak what he says. And when I say what he says, seeing what he does, seeing what he says, I get miracles, exploits in my life. So you're saying, how does a child get to know the father? By seeing and hearing him, by watching him. And honestly, I want to say it again. Leadership is better modeled than taught. I'm not saying we don't try at teaching, but leadership is modeled. And that's where mentoring comes in. I mean, you look at the instruction that God gave the man as it concerns the home. It says of the woman, it says you will love this woman as you love yourself. It says you will nourish and cherish this woman. Why? So that you may present her better than you. You met her. So how will you develop the woman? How will you encourage the woman? How will you enhance the woman? How? You're going to hold a piece of chalk on the board and be teaching? No, 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 no. You are going to give attention to the woman. You are going to speak words to the woman. You are going to demonstrate love, life to the woman. And that opens her up. That brings out the best in her. The same way you are going to give attention to your son. And what you do, what you say, even when you are not watching, are the things that will mold the future of your children. Somebody said this, and I quote. It's Umberto Echo. It says, I believe that what we become depends on what our fathers teach us at odd moments when they aren't trying to teach us we are formed by little scraps of wisdom what they teach when they are not trying to teach so it's more of what they say what they do how they respond to life that make us and where does this bring us the one you walk with you become like the one you fellowship with constantly, you become like. Jesus says, hey, I watch my father. I replicate his works. I watch him, so I end up doing his will. So to do his will, we require my constantly watching him. So simply put, fathers, give more time to your heavenly father and watch your downline fall in line right before your eyes for I have known Abraham that he may command his children 
to obey my commandments so that the will of God may be done here on earth. Having said this, talking about the children, I know that I've been talking of an ideal home as it were. We're in the 21st century. We know there are homes that are not defined like the one that we're looking at today. There are homes where it's not the father, mother, and children. There are homes today that it's only the mother and children. And there are few that's only the father and children. But we learn that majority of homes today are mother and children. Can I quickly say something here? Whatever might have happened between mother and father of the child, please do not let user immaturity to destroy the future of that child. Do nothing to sever the child from a relationship from the other half. I talked of maturity because it's your gross lack of emotional immaturity that has brought you where you are. And please forgive me for saying that. But would you rather that your child become worse than you? No. So please let your child have a relationship with his or her father. Let your child have a relationship with his or her mother. There are certain things that can never happen with ease except as we allow the law of God to prevail. If you have issues with each other, please do all you can to help the child to connect with the other one. In counseling, we've come across a lot of cases where one of the parents will deliberately begin to indoctrinate the child against the other parent. That's a spiritually criminal offense. You are causing more havoc than can be done. Sincerely, you need to repent in the name of Jesus. Ask God to help you hear and forgive whatever betrayal you are struggling with, whatever disappointment you are struggling with. Don't use it to destroy a burden future, a significant future, a wholesome future, a gift to a generation. Don't let your own lapses, your own failures be amplified in the lives of your children. Let them develop wholesomely in the love of God. How do we do that? Since I hate this man, that's the problem. God will help you here, but I'm not forcing things. But you can do a lot about that. So what do you do? Allow him or her time with the father. Suppose he's an impossible person. Suppose he's going to be he, he's been violent before. Suppose he will not obey, he will not obey simple guidelines. Then get the law to come to play in the matter. And where he's still been impossible, then just know that you will protect that child for a while. But never you do anything or say anything that will poison the other half in the life of this child. At least guard the little child's heart. You'll be doing yourself a lot of good. God ordained that two of us will come together to give birth to a child. Otherwise, the concept of family, fatherhood, motherhood will mean nothing. I speak healing to such hearts in the name of Jesus. And I speak healing. 
and restoration to the lives of such children that are being used as tools in Jesus' name. Having said that, have you ever wondered as a father why God will say, love your wife as yourself? And I mentioned it before. Because honest, like we said, he is the source. And if he's the source, how does he do it? He fights all his battles by love. He wins all his battles by love. He establishes by love. Look at what he did. When Jesus would come, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And in John 15:10, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. God was motivated by love. Jesus was motivated by love. You know why? God is love. So for God to tell me to love my wife is because he has given me love. He has made me love. So he knows I have the capacity to love. And if we talk about this love really, what is this love? This love is gentle. This love is kind. This love is long-suffering that it is patient. This love takes no record of evils. It doesn't keep a diary of evils done. This love easily forgives. This love will not fail. So how do I get to know to love? It's only spelled T-I-M-E. Give time to your wife. That's when the nourishing begins to take place. That's when the cherishing continues to multiply. I know what the Bible says. It makes her come out better. She becomes like God would want her to be. And when together you are giving this kind of affection to your children, the Bible says you'll be nurturing them in the way of the Lord. You'll be preparing giants that will be bigger than you in life. You see, you are very vital to God's program on earth. You may seem ordinary to yourself. And that's why I will not conclude this sermon without reminding you that people are praying for you. And in the name of Jesus, we are praying for you. Hear Paul praying for young believers in Ephesus. So that God will grant them the spirit of wisdom. I pray wisdom for all fathers today in the name of Jesus. And revelation, I pray the spirit of revelation to all fathers. It says, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, what knowledge? Knowledge of love, sacrificial love. So that you may know the very reason for his choice of you. So when you hear, God said, I know Abraham. Yeah, Jesus says, okay, no, I know my father, my father knows me. Paul is saying that so that you may come to a place of knowledge. So you may begin to know why God calls you, why he has chosen you. That you may begin to understand that he has chosen you because you are a treasure in his hand. I don't care where your life has taken you right now. I don't care the mistakes of life that are throwing you somewhere else. I'm speaking to somebody, no matter how prodigal your situation may be, you can come back home today. You can begin to retrace your steps in the name of Jesus. God's arms are wide open. 
God never gives up on anybody. I don't care how terrible the mistakes have been. You can level up with God today. And you can reconnect with your wife and children. Oh, pastor, he's remarried. Oh, that's fine. God will give you somebody else. And God will reconnect you with your children. God can still achieve that purpose in their lives through you. The truth is, you will not go down the way you have been going. You will finish well in Jesus' name. Pastor, it's not like I've done anything. The means to take care of this children is my problem. Did you hear me? I said, get to know him. You'll be amazed how, like David, you'll be able to stand and sing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just for two minutes, let me digress. I will never forget the story of my father, my earthly father. My earthly father did all he could to serve God. He was a deacon in the Baptist church. He was a choir master at the time and the organist of the church. He was in the army when he retired and went to civil service. He chose to go to the north at the time because they were just starting the civil service in the north, thinking that you have a more rapid movement than in the south. But unfortunately, the politics of our nation that we see today had always been. Do you know that my father got there before I was born? My father worked there for so many years and retired as a chief clerk. So you can imagine a chief clerk. They are glorified junior staff. And yet my father was so blessed with children. He had 10 of us. Yet no one was left out. We are all well educated. With how much the meager salary of a clerk. I've grown now to understand what the Bible says. The little that the righteous have. Blessed of the Lord. We cater for all his needs in life. Miraculously. I know what that means. My father finished well. Otherwise, you won't have me today. In all humility, we are an improvement of my parents. My prayer is that your children will be an improvement of you in the name of Jesus. So talk of no maze. Can you please go back to God? And so you can rightly declare like David, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hear Jesus one more time talking about shepherd. He said, my sheep knows my voice and I know my sheep. It's all about knowing. Can't you see? So Father, the time has come to start knowing our children. And to the extent that we know our children is to the extent that we really know our Father. I see you doing well going forward. I see peace returning to your life. I see joy restored to your homes. I see your children doing well in life. Like the Bible says, standing at the gates against their enemies, possessing the gates of their enemies. I see the peace of your children becoming great. I see them becoming mighty in the face of the earth. I see them prospering. Happy Father's Day. Did you hear me? I say, Happy Father's Day. As a matter of fact, the happiness of Father's Day will never leave you again. Until the next Father's Day, testimonies upon testimonies in your life the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you for the privilege of a day like this. Reminding us of the love of the Father. Thank you for the much we could do. And thank you for what you will make out of it. Thank you for the healings that are going on already. 
thank you for the new beginnings that we see everywhere. Father, we will return in the name of Jesus to give you all the glory. We worship you in Jesus' name. Now, I know some people would like me to pray with them. They're saying, Pastor, pray with me. I need to make some returns. I need to make some U-turn. I need to make some restitutions. Let us pray. The God that brought the prodigal sons home, that made him to be welcome home, uh, in a celebration, we celebrate your return in Jesus' name. The wisdom to rise and to come back, I say receive in Jesus' name. The grace and the courage to return, I say receive in the name of Jesus. I speak full restoration over your life. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to pray for all those who have lost their fathers. The father of fathers himself will fill that gap in your life in Jesus' name. I said he will do much more than your earthly father can ever even fathom in the name of Jesus. You are even now having an opportunity better than those who have earthly fathers because now you can relate directly. And I pray that your fellowship with him will grow sweeter and stronger as the days go by in Jesus' name. You too will leave a legacy strong for your children and grandchildren in Jesus' name. So, fathers, one more time, we love you. We appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of today and the rest of your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're seeking your body, I want to pray with you. I believe strongly that the Bible passage that says he sent his word and healed the sick. So, in the name of Jesus, anywhere you may be, be healed in the name of Jesus. Because by his stripes you have been made whole. So I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. I say, yes, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. I say, be healed in Jesus' name. Let joy flood your homes in Jesus' name. Let peace flood your hearts in Jesus' name. Let peace announce your arrival in Jesus' name. Let the favor of God surround you like a shield in the name of Jesus. Keep glowing and keep rejoicing. that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you.